Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode eight of the Two and One Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Simmons, joined with Madison Hill. And the people have reached out, they've spoken, and we've brought her back. Meg, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Yo, yep, good to be back. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Madison, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing really great. Enjoying this nice Sunday evening. It is hot, hot, hot in Richmond right now. But it sure uh, is. Doing well. Have, have we hit triple digits every day like this past week? I think the heat index, yes. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 101 today with the heat index. So mm, crazy. Yeah, a little too warm to, to get out and play, but Oh, you did you not play at all this week? I did play Tuesday. I played in in Lynchburg. We can talk about that. You want to talk about that now, or you want to get into it? Well, yeah, let's later? let's get a, a quick recap of episode seven. So, Madison stated that he was going to try and qualify for the state open. I did. So that's a, I was the quickly shot down by my uh, my other uh, co-host here, who said, um, "I think it was was it no offense." Nope. You got was, no chance. It was no disrespect. No, I'm sorry. No disrespect, but you got no chance. But you have no chance. And that's yeah. still tr- true. Okay. Because um, we'll get into that in a second. But okay. uh, the qualifier is about 11 months away. Yep. And I just want to, you know, how is your week of practice? It's been a week. Yeah. I want to know, like, how your practice is going and just how many times you have actually practiced. Um, so a little bit of practice on Tuesday before I played. Just a little bit, though. Um, but no, I played at um, Winton Farms in Amherst, just outside of Lynchburg, on Tuesday. Um, and then uh, I guess I practiced a little bit at Drive Shack this weekend. I know you saw the post. Um, but yeah, that's about it this week. It's it's just too hot. I have been practicing putting, though. Inside? You that. Inside, yes. On carpet? Um, on a mat or carpet, whichever's, whichever's uh, available. Okay. So again, I called this last week. I told Madison that the Virginia weather would get him, whether it was in the summer or in the winter, and it's already, you know, started. So we're a weekend. He's played once. He's practiced for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes in total for the entire week. Uh, he did go to Drive Shack. If you didn't yep. see it on our Instagram, make sure you check it out. Uh, two in one golf podcast. Um, I'm just going to say, not off to a great start. No, definitely not. Um, but, you know, this week, the weather is just way too wild. I'll be out there this, I'll be out there this coming week, starting tomorrow. Um, definitely more of an effort, not playing, but just getting in the groove, getting the swing dialed in and um, the short game as well. Um, played the short course at a, at a course um, in town and um, got a little exposed uh, within a hundred yards. So definitely want to, going to work on that a little bit as well. Um, but definitely going to put a, some more effort into it this week. All right. I'm gonna hold you to that. Okay. You heard that Meg, he's going to, he's going to put more effort into his golf game this week. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot to get to this week. Um, the LPGA had a major this week, the Evian championship out in France. Um, we'll talk about the whole, Brooke Henderson winning and the whole TV coverage and whatnot. The senior open championship was on air. They had some really bad weather and also Tony Finau picking up his third win of his career at the 3M. But before we hop into those three topics, I want to chat with Meg a little bit and Meg, how's your golf game right now? Man, it's um, in the works. I just got to get out and practice and work. I think I, I just need to play because for like the past, honestly, like a couple of years, like the only time I was playing is in tournaments, which is not good if you want to get better. So I really just need to work up the, I just need to, I just need to get out and play, mm-hmm. work up the energy to play more, but I'm trying to practice every day. Um, there was a event I was volunteering at, at uh, Dominion Club this morning, so I just hit the range after that. But it was so hot, I probably only lasted like 25 minutes out there. Um, but a lot of range work lately, just trying to 
figure out whatever is going on with my swing plane. I talked to you about this, but I used to be somebody who came over the top and I was too steep. Mm-hmm. And then I overcorrected and became mm-hmm. too shallow and I'm still struggling with that. So it's just the consistency part of it that's um, really difficult for me, but I just got to get out and get to swinging. High school season starts um, first or second week of August, I think. I think it's the second week of August um, for me. So that'll kind of get me up early out on the course. We usually play nine almost for practice every day. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I actually never thought about this, but you and Madison kind of have the same swing when it comes to like kind of impact position. I know Meg's a little bit more uh, loopy uh, with her swing, more Jim Furyk-esque, if you will. Um, but yeah, you and Madison are both really shallow, really into out, and you know you hit that draw with with kind of no no divot. So, is that yeah? Minus change a little bit. Yeah, mine's changed a little bit. Oh, really? In the yeah. last in the last two weeks? Uh, no, I mean the last time we played together. Well, I'm sorry. I was you were supposed to come out. Dwayne and I played. It's <laughs> it's definitely more of a left to right look now. As I'm trying to get the club a little more a little more upright because my like you said, my thing is kind of it sucks the club inside, and then I'm trying to fight to get the club through, and it is shallow and does go left. But um, the miss now has been more of a a right a right miss so things are things are moving quickly <laughs> in the <Okay>. swing <laughs> yeah we definitely got to hop on the range so i can so i can take a look at this so we can get going in the right direction here before your uh, state open qualifier in, in 11 months um yeah. so where do you want to start should we start with brooke anderson winning the evian championship i believe her second major of her young career yep it is her second so a lot of interesting things happened in, in this tournament uh, this week. Um, we'll start with just the TV coverage. So I didn't have a, an opportunity to watch a whole lot of the golf from the Evian Championship. But, I mean, it sounds like no one really had an opportunity to watch. Um, with the time difference them being in France, I'm not sure what the exact time difference is. Um, but just not a lot of coverage on Golf Channel. Would you all agree? Yeah, no, it it got kicked off um, for, like you said, it got kicked off for the, the men's British, um, British open senior or senior. Yes. I'm sorry. The senior men's British open. I think it was on CNBC at one point, but there was just kind of like, I don't know. It's just flipping all over the place. So it's kind of hard to, to follow it, but you would think that, I mean, it's the last couple holes of their tournament. They could still get the main coverage or the main feed on golf channel. And then, we can pick up the the men the senior men's British Open a little bit later, especially since they had a weather delay. But you know, like we said, I don't know, was it three three or four podcasts ago? It, it's just you can't ever find it on TV. Yeah. Their their coverage windows are so small that if you don't hit them like right then, that you're just not going to see it. Mm-hmm. Meg, any thoughts? Um, I didn't catch it either, honestly. Um, happy for Brooke Henderson, obviously, second major, which is wonderful for her. Um, the golf wasn't like the the scores on Sunday weren't as low because I saw it. Did Brooke won at 18 under? Am I correct in, in saying that? Or am I incorrect? Was it not 18? I know she made bird on the last to win by one, but she shot an even 17 under. Yeah, she 17 was 17 under. under. Yep. Last year. Go ahead. Mm-hmm, oh, okay. So even par, birdie on 18 to win. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Nelly shot a 69, and, and she was four back. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like 17 under is pretty low, but an even par in the final round is, I don't know. Again, I can't say if the course was playing tough because I didn't get a chance to see it. So Yeah, yeah. last year um... – Minji Lee won with 18 under. So, um, sister, brother, friend of the podcast. <laughs> sister, yeah. of friend of the podcast. Yes, and uh, Lydia Ko was up there. I feel like she always plays well at um, at Beyond, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like I mean, at least the top 10, everyone had a pretty solid round. I mean, 
a couple really, really good five unders, seven unders. Um, it, it just seemed like Nelly had, or I'm sorry, Brooke had a big enough lead where all she had to do is just kind of go out there and play defense and, um, and got it done, bringing home a cool, uh, cool million dollar check for first place. But um, were you surprised? I mean, I know Nelly was up there for the first, first couple of days and then it just kind of seemed like she faded a little bit. Um, do you think that's still a little, maybe a little bit of fatigue um, coming back into it? I know she was off for, for a couple of weeks after having, um, what did she have removed? She had like a, a lump or something on her arm removed. Yeah, she had um, a blood clot. Like a blood clot, blood. yeah. So it was, was kind of away from it for a while as world number one, but you think it's still like a little bit of fatigue, a little bit of rust um, kind of getting to her a little bit? Yeah, probably. Um, I think we need to talk about the American women's golfers and the lack of dominance. Because, I mean, I don't even know the last time we've had as who's the world number one right now for the for the LPGA women's. Golf? I believe it's still Nelly Corda. I don't think she's lost it. I really? think it's. I think it's um when was the last time Nelly won? Jeez. I mean, I just feel like we never have like the best golfer in the game. Am I wrong in saying that? It's that guy Madison just typing on his phone. Yes. Yeah, his glasses on. Sorry, it does look Nelly like last year. Yeah, it does look like um maybe Jin Young Ko. Yeah, is number one, then Minji Lee, and then Nelly Corda right now. Okay. Do you do you can you get the uh, Nelly Corda's last win and when that was? Because I mean, I know Lexi blew it at the KPMG um, a few months ago, maybe last month. I just there's, I don't know. I'm just really disappointed in the women's American. She won. Let's see. We need you out there, Meg. We need you to step it up. Okay. What's I'll do your, my best. You got any big goals for 2022 for golf? I know um, Madison's trying to do the state open. I just need to play a lot, honestly, and get get my head back in it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Start seeing progress. And I think for me, a big part of it is realizing that I'm not going to see the results I want to see if I'm not out there practicing um and just trying to get more consistent yeah i mean you get in what you put out is that right no yeah you get you get out what you put in Mm -hmm. yep um so i mean when madison's struggling here in the next few months we uh we'll know why because he's just not putting in the work but um I, I want I want to talk about something else in the evian championship nelly quarter hit a drive i'm not sure what hole it was uh, leaked it a little right into the mulch, and this middle-aged younger woman sees the ball rolling on the ground. She walks over, and she just picks it up. Now, you know you're at a professional golf tournament. You know people are hitting golf shots. Why would you just walk over and pick up a golf ball you see on the ground? I think there's, there's, I mean, to give, give her the benefit of the doubt, there's probably, you think about it, like if you go to a tournament, you know, every ball is in play. If it comes rolling past your feet, like you just back out of the way or, or whatever, there's probably some people that go just because, Hey, this is in my town or in my area or whatever. And um, they don't know. And it's like, if you've been to a baseball game, if they hit him foul, then that's your ball. Like you get it. So maybe that's, that's what she thought. This is, you know, this is not in the fairway or whatever. It's just a free ball rolling down on the ground. Let me just take this home as a souvenir. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like it, the marshal came over very quickly and yeah. uh, was scolding her for uh, for even thinking of picking it up. But um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's weird. It really. I is. get it. I get it. If you're like a little kid, right? Because the excitement of a golf ball. I mean, you you just can't help it. You got to pick it up, right? But for her, and and an older, you know, I don't want to say older, but a, um, a middle aged person, 
that definitely understands that they're at a golf tournament. I just don't understand. And you, you see this like pretty often. I feel like you probably see this like once a month where a player will leak it out right or left. And then here comes this fan that just walks over and, and picks it up. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it seemed like she was by herself too. So maybe that's what it was. Cause most of the time, you know, you've got people around you and at least someone there knows that. Well, she picked he, it up and I think the person she was with was out of, out of camera. Cause she, she picked it up and like, she goes, Oh, look, a golf yeah, ball. She, yeah. So like I think she was with someone, but yeah, she just I don't know. She just wasn't thinking, I guess. Um but yeah, Brooke Henderson, birdie on eighteen to win. Um again, we gotta work on the, the TV coverage. Um NBC, golf channel, like you just gotta figure it out. Cause people like I know people that wanted to watch. Didn't care if it was a rerun. I mean, I'm sure it's on Golf Channel now when it's mm-hmm. you know nine o'clock on a Sunday. Um, but I, I didn't know it was on until I got the alert on my phone that says, "Oh, Brooke Anderson won 17 under." So I'm gonna throw throw like a little hypothetical because this is something I've seen kind of tossed around a couple times. So there's a rumor circulating that Live mm. Live Golf is interested in starting a women's live golf as well bigger purses better coverage right because it's i mean technically it's on youtube but you at least you know where to find it right so they're talking about kind of doing it where you would have wherever the tournament is you'd either have the women go out earlier in the morning and then the men would play that afternoon or the women would play one day and the men would play the other day staggering them like that so maybe the men finish on a sunday i'm not really sure how they're doing i don't really think it's gotten that far but um supposedly um mike juan it's the uh i guess he's the ceo of the lpga is willing to talk and uh and find out more about it but do you think that that's kind of almost what needs to happen for there to be some sort of change in coverage and purses and everything like that what for the the lid for live to pick up women's golf yeah mm, i don't know i, I mean all, all i'm saying is for a lot of the guys out there for a lot of the top tier talent you know men tour players when you start throwing around a couple million dollars and all that stuff a lot of them win like the money on the men's tour is a lot better right mm-hmm. so it's maybe not as a big deal or as appealing to them but then when you look at the women's game right and you're saying, hey, look, like you guys potentially could win $4 million. First place gets $4 million. Maybe they don't give them that much, but maybe they're like, hey, first place gets $2 million. And then your team's guaranteed a certain amount of money. Do you think at that point, you know, it, it probably seems much more interesting to them? See, I, I, I get what you're saying. And what I think is the women's game, we talked about this a few podcast or a few episodes ago. The women's game, they're much more united. Yeah. So I if I don't think it would be the same as like a couple of people like the, with the men's live series right now, you have a couple of people going over kind of once a week or, you know, they're joining week by week. They're getting more signings. Right. Um, I feel like with the women's game, they would have more of a, um, Oh, what's the word? What am I trying to think here? They're, they're more loyal to the LPGA tour. And I think if, if Nelly, Lydia, a, a big name, I think if they say like, hey, I'm committed to the LPGA Tour, I think they will all kind of go that same route because they're more a united um, league. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely something interesting because that could, that could definitely kind of almost ruin the LPGA if you think about it. Yeah. Because obviously on the men's side, and the, once again, I mean, no disrespect, but you look at the field of like a, of the PGA tour, the depth of talent is so deep. Mm-hmm. You look at the women's tour and if they say, Hey, we're going to have 48 players. If you looked at like the depth of 48 players on the PG on the LPGA, it's completely different than on the men's tour. Right. Cause after that, once you get to like 49 and on, like, what does that talent look like? See, I disagree again. I think we just don't watch 
enough LPGA tour to really understand what the, you know, 40 through 48th spot would look like. We get so much PGA tour coverage that we know, you know, the 48th ranked player in the world or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I just don't think we've had an opportunity to see that in the women's side. So we don't know. Um, I also think that it wouldn't have like what what's Liv's goal? I mean, it's, at at the end of the day, it's got to be making money, right? At some point, and it, I don't all, think so. That's what everyone's right, saying. Like they, the the money is so deep. Like if you look at it right now, they were once again they were giving out codes um, for Bedminster. Mm-hmm. So how many people? Like I saw a couple of people tweet out that they had used the code and they'd gotten like fifteen tickets zero dollars that they paid so well, like where does the money come from is that's what i'm saying like i know maybe next year they start charging money for some of these events as they get and they build like a fan base but right now they're not interested in making money i understand that but at the end of the day eventually they have to you know turn a profit right you can't just keep, i mean you can i guess but eventually the well runs dry yeah maybe so, I don't know. You just you got to turn a profit, and if they can't do that with the men's live series, I don't think they can do that with the women's series. So, I don't know. Do you think at this point though, it could be one of those things where they're just trying to disrupt it enough, where LPGA, PGA almost have to be like, all right, hands up, like you got us. We'll, we'll sit down and talk about some sort of merger, some sort of joint kind of deal, like something to kind of get get their product out there, but also kind of have um, the PGA Tour involved with it as well. Or do you think they just don't care anymore and they're just trying to tear it down? I do think they're trying. To, they're just trying to disrupt the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. I don't think the PGA Tour... I don't know what the LPGA tour yet, but I don't think Jay Monahan is ever going to back down. I think I we're too think far. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're too far in now. He said what he said. You know, he's he's banned. He's suspended players from the PGA tour. I don't think there's an opportunity to any for any kind of merger at this point. Now I have a question for you all. Why would these ladies? We've already talked about you know their unified front, right? Why would they go out and join a live series event or a live tour? I just don't think they would. You don't think they'd jump over for the money? No. Why not? Um, I think obviously there are a lot of talented players and the, the LPGA is, I guess, the premier league for golf. Um, for women, mm-hmm. but I, I don't. I already think they don't make a lot in comparison to the men, obviously. And I think a lot of them play because they really, really love what they do. And I think they've built a lot of relationships through the LPGA, and they're all kind of they all know each other, and a lot of them are close with each other. And I feel like going to play in a brand new league is like would just be off the table for most of them um Mm -hmm. and also the fact that it's rumored that there's some shady business going on with the saudi government and this the saudi arabian government has had some issues with i guess like ethical stuff with women in in saudi arabia so I just, I just wouldn't be able to see a lot of women going over there um, and playing with that under those people and under all of that. I don't know how to correctly articulate this, but I just can't see it. Like, I feel like in order for a Nelly, Nelly Corda to go, her sister would have to go and Megan King would have to go and Allison... Lee would have to go, and all of her friends would have to go. Yeah, they can, like, what's, what's stopping the live and the Saudis from? Yeah, here's all of you can have fifty mil. 
Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of my, my thing with it is I think you dangle enough money in front of someone. And, and here's the thing, cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like there it's all about the money, but if you say, Hey, look, we're going to give you this money to come over here and play. We're going to do team style events. Like, you know, all of you used to do in college and everything that we're going to do team style events, guaranteed money. And the best thing that we're going to do for you is we're going to give you like prime time coverage, or we're going to make sure that your all your shots are seen. Because when you talk about, you know, how they always say, we're going to grow the game. We're going to grow the game on the men's side. Are they doing that? I don't think so, but could they do that on the women's side? Maybe. I mean, if, if you're able to turn on you know, YouTube or, or click on Facebook and watch every shot of, of, of their major, that's something that's not happening on TV right now. Isn't that technically growing the game? It's got more eyes on it. More people can watch it. There's you know, more fans built because as you watch TV, you can find like, oh, that's my favorite player. I love the way that she plays. That, I think could be the selling point for them see like but you just said that they're not doing that on the men's side couldn't you also say like hey like yeah the pga tour has the john deere classic this week but we're also going to be in portland this week it's like now you have double the golf right so that's double the amount of times you can watch it is that not growing the game um i (laughs) I just think maybe the way they went about it, it almost, it, it created this, this rift, um, almost this fracture between golf fans. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that part right there, because I mean, I, I mean, you can go back and listen to other episodes. I have been, you know, very outspoken against, against live. And, you know, it's to a point now where you're just like, you can't even talk about it anymore, but, you know, I think it's done more damage than it's helped. I know, probably the idea of it when it first started, I was like, you know what, that it sounds interesting um, as more of like exhibitions. Like they talked about having it in the silly season after FedEx cup. That's a perfect place for it because that's basically where golf tournaments go to die. If you're playing like after the FedEx cup before like Sony and everything, you're nobody's really watching that. Right. So that would be a perfect place for it. That gets eyes on it. That I think that format could work. But I think the way they went about it and the, the PJ tour, of course, is at fault as well, because they're just so like line drawn in the sand. They don't care about anything. It's, it's either a PGA tour product or it's nothing. I think that's kind of what caused all of it. So they're definitely as, at a fault as well. So I think right now it's just done more damage than it has helped. Yeah. I mean, I don't, again, like you said, if you, if you dangle enough money, I think they will go. Um, I also, I, had a, I mean, I had a, a point I wanted to make earlier. Well, I know we talked about the purse jumping from, I believe, Minji won around like 600,000 last year and now Brooke won um, a million or close to a million. Like, they, the, the LPGA tours definitely appreciate that. And, you know, that's why I do think they're playing, you know, for the money, but also the love of the game. So, I, I definitely think if Liv threw enough money at it, they would definitely go. Um, but, like, they would all have to go. I think if one big player says, like, no, like, I'm staying, then they would all stay. Does that make sense? No, I, I agree with you. I think it would take, it would take several going um, yeah. for it to actually make sense. Um, you know, if you're talking about some of the – the lower on the totem pole players, you know, making the jump. I, I don't know that it gets as much traction, but if, you know, like Meg said, if you have Nelly Porter, that's like, Hey, I'm interested in Megan Kang and Jessica Cord and all of them, like the big names, the, the well-known players. Then I think that's, that's kind of a recipe for disaster for the LPGA. Okay. I want to talk one more thing about live. Um, I mean, I know they signed, David Faraday and Charles Barkley's been in talks. I, don't I think saw that's that. Gonna, oh my god! I don't think that's going to happen because I think that's going to ruin his TN, TN, TNT deal. That would, um, they can give him enough money. I mean, I, I guess, but I mean, that's not like it's not his sport. But I, think I know that's, that's what they like about it because you know when they did the matches or whatever they were the 
you know, the Tiger yeah. versus Phil and the, everybody like that, people loved it. That he didn't really know what was going on, but it was I mean, just he kind knew of that, it. like, color commentary. You know what I mean? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Um, yeah, but it's just like Charles Barkley, he knows what's going on. He just gives you a less golfy, less serious kind of take on the situation. Yeah. Um, but, like, the thing with, that works so well with the match is, like, Tiger and Charles and Phil, like, I don't know if they're still friends, but, like, they were definitely friends. And, like, they could take those jabs at each other, like JT just calling Charles Barkley fat. Yeah. It's just all time. Um, but, like, you don't have JT, you don't have Tiger. Like, I wonder who on Live is, like, good friends with Charles Barkley. And, like, would you get that same kind of back and forth? Because I don't think you would. Yeah, I, well, I mean, they're not going to be talking to him, though. That's the thing. He's going to have to carry the conversation on, you know, on live broadcast with, um, I'm trying to think, uh, is it Jerry Foltz? Um, God, who's the other commentators on there? Um, David Faraday, obviously. So he's going to have to kind of carry the conversation himself because no one's going to be interacting with him. He's not going to have any back and forth with the players unless they have him doing, like, on course – I mean, I, I don't know. Live from live. Live, live from live. There you go. Um, so, yeah. That, I that wasn't saw... Even, okay. Sorry. I saw the post of David Faraday moving to live, and I almost sent it to the 2-in-1 golf, at 2-in-1 golf on Instagram. Um, I almost sent it to that account and said, he's in his flop era. Do you guys know what a flop era is? What is that, like a last resurgence type thing? A flop era is when you're just like not thriving anymore. And yeah, I think that's everyone who's at live right now. Yeah, exactly. So they're fairly, it's in his flop era, and I really couldn't care less that he's going to live. Sorry about it. Interesting. Flop yeah. era. So, so they've got David Faraday, they've got Jerry Fultz. I mean, they've got a, a full crew, I mean, of announcers. Um, I am. I know that, you know, you were kind of, you had to comment when I said that I sent that David Faraday was going, you're like, oh, that's not good or whatever. But I don't know. I just don't, to me, I'm not a huge fan of David Faraday in the booth or on like the 18 tower, or 17 tower, or they, wherever they usually stick him. I just don't, I don't know. Again, I don't get like, a lot from him. I'm like the Kevin, Na, it's like Kevin Na all over again. Yeah, right? it is. You, you, you hear like, let's throw it down to David Faraday. And you hear that little accent? Yeah. Like, do do the accent. I can't do it. Do the accent, uh, Madison. Come on. I can't do it. Oh yeah, we're live here with David Faraday. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. You you hear the accent, and like, my my ears kind of. What what do what do they say? My ears perked up. Is yeah. that what they say? Yeah. My ears perked up, and I'm like, I'm definitely listening. I'm like, what is David gonna say here? And like, you know, half the time it's just some, some I don't know, just some random stuff, but. Like again, same thing with Kevin Nolik when he's putting. I'm gonna I'm paying attention to see if he walks it in. And that's just how I feel about David Ferdy. But that that wasn't even the one thing I wanted to talk about with Liv. I wanted to talk about a potential PGA tour versus Liv event. Have you seen the rumor? Not the rumors, but like the, the talks of how cool that would be. Because let's be honest, like at this point, Henrik Stenson no longer being the Ryder Cup captain, like, who's going to play? Who's going to be the captain? Like, the Ryder Cup, it's such a great event, but I do believe it's going downhill. Oh. Oh, okay. I is agree. Any, is I think it's definitely going downhill. I, it's de- yeah, like Meg just said, it's taking a hit. In what way? You couldn't name me 12 European Tour players that would play. Yeah. I'll wait. Go ahead. Let's try real quick. I mean, you got who's who, you got Rory, John Rom, mm-hmm. Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, Matthew Fitzpatrick. That's five. <laughs> who else we got? Um, Justin Rose, maybe. I mean, yeah, he's on you know the tail end of his career. Like he honestly might be the new captain. No, the rumor is Luke Donald will be named captain. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Sorry, Luke Donald. 
Sorry, Luke Donald. Sorry. Shout out, well, Luke Donald. Don't know who you are. But well, number one. Shout yeah. out. Uh, okay, I mean, let's keep it going. Like, I, we've got six so far, and we're down to, like, Justin Rose. Like, he's one of my favorite players, but, like, not a whole lot of people follow him. He's not. Victor Hovland? Oh, yeah, there, there you go. Great. Keep it going. Um... If he doesn't go to live. He ain't going to live. Uh-uh. If he goes to live, I will be so Don't worry, sad. man. He's not going. I will be so sad. All right. So Victor Hovland, stat guy Madison's pulling up the official World Golf rankings right now to see who's in the who's That's next in awesome. line. But I mean, I don't the team is disappearing. Captains are disappearing. And so it's going down. So PGA Tour versus Liv. Who you got? You got some more names? No, I wasn't. It's not names, but I think this was almost like just an, like a pointed attack by Liv because mm-hmm. Henrik Stinson, I mean, he's not playing well. I mean, he's kind of at the end of his career as well. That's, you know, that's kind of when you usually get tapped as a Ryder Cup captain. Um, and I think it was almost like they just offered him enough money to get him to just walk away from it. And I think it's just almost like, you know, a middle finger to the PGA Tour and, and uh, DP World Tour just being in the RNA and be like, hey, look, you know, we can take we can take the event that you hold most dear and we can just throw a huge wrench in it. Most most dear. You think it's more more dear than the open? <laughs> no, but I mean, you talk about two. you talk about European and um, American players like uh, the Ryder Cup. I mean, yeah. it goes back. I mean, I don't know when the Ryder Cup started. Do you? Yeah, sure. Uh, 19. You know, OK, sounds great. 42. Yeah. So you talk about a, a tournament that every two years that it, everyone looks so forward to. And then they started the President's Cup. And then I think the Ryder Cup got a little watered down. But the Ryder Cup, I mean, the fans that come out, you know, the, the support that comes out for it. I mean, there's nothing like it. According to Taylor Gooch, winning a live tournament is very similar. But, um, you know, there's just nothing like it. And I think for yeah. them to be able to take a captain away, which is, you know – an appointment that people, you know, used to hold very dear. I think that's just kind of like, Hey, look, look what we can do. I don't think that was ever an argument. Uh, yeah. The Ryder cup's great. I think what they're trying to do is if they take away enough European players and captains that eventually the RNA and like the whole European tour or whatever is going to have to say, all right, look, like just so we can continue to have the Ryder Cup, we'll take live players for the Ryder Cup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Maybe though, that'd be interesting. I mean, so I mean, let's say this. You, let's say Victor Hovland goes, Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood. You're left with Rory, John Rahm, and a couple of other players, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like you just won't. I mean, you'll have a team, but then it, it becomes worse than the President's Cup. Like, the USA is just going to dominate. So, I mean, eventually I feel like they would have to give in if they wanted to continue the great run of, of Ryder Cups that they've had the last few years. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't really know. It's it, Apparently we'll get another shakeup with players after the FedEx Cup, and then I think we'll kind of see, you know, where it all – where it all ends up, where the pieces end up falling. Um, yeah. But so for Bedminster, which is coming up, I think at the end of the month, that's mm-hmm. not right. Um, Henrik Stinson, obviously going. Jason Kokrak, which I don't understand why it took him so long to uh, make the jump. He's been sponsored by them forever. And then Charles Howell third. Those yeah. are their latest three signings. Yeah. I mean, uh, did they even make headlines? I mean, I know Henrik Stinson did, but. Jason Kokrak did sort of, I think it was more just confusion because he was the first one. I mean, he rocked the golf Saudi logo before anyone else did. And everyone knew that he was going to be the, the guy. And then he didn't play in London. Cause I think he had a wedding he was going to be in. And then everyone was kind of surprised he didn't play in Portland. So it's kind of like, why, what, is he, what are you, what have you been doing? And now you're just mm-hmm. going to pop over. Um, but then you look at someone like Charles Howell, the third, who, I mean, he's got three professional wins. His last one was in 2018. He also, one of his first wins was um, the Michelob, uh, the Michelob Open at Kingsmill, to give you an idea of how long ago that was. Um, 
so he, he's a guy who's won millions of dollars or not one millions of dollars, but won endorsement deals, everything like that millions of dollars on the PJ tour and has never really done anything. So the PJ tour for someone like that has been extremely good to them. And for some, and, you know, for him to, to go over to live and take some money is kind of surprising, but I guess also surprising that live would even look at them. Cause I mean, when's the last time you heard the name Charles Howe the third? Yeah, it is interesting because they definitely have signed enough players to where they can, where they, they, so you can you can field a full event, right? Because they only have what forty eight players. That's yeah, that's all that can play. But they've right. got well so, over that now, I guess. Yeah, they have enough. I'm not sure why they are like you just said. Why they're pulling, you know, CH three and Kokrak. Um, but I don't know. I know Pat Perez and Kokrak are good friends, so maybe he'll be on. I don't know. Team DJ is already full, so I, I really don't know. Um, but again, my point was PJ Tour versus Live. Now that would be really interesting because you already kind of have that hatred brewing between some of the guys. Um, and I think that could be a really cool event. Like you pick your top 12 Live versus top 12 PGA. Um, I think that'd be, that'd be pretty sick. So does that just take the place of the Ryder Cup? I mean... Maybe. What a world. And you, you maybe you do it to where it's like uh, if the PGA Tour wins, like the live golfers can't play in any of the majors. And if they do, <laughs> you get to, you know, they get their official world golf ranking points. I don't know. You can do something like that. I, I do think, you know how in baseball where they play the all-star game and it's AL versus NL. Yeah. And whoever wins the all-star game, like that team gets home field advantage. Yeah, I think something like high stakes like that would be pretty cool. Oh, I mean, yeah. okay, all right. I mean, you're I mean, making maybe. a face. You're making a face I, on the podcast. Y'all can't see it. I mean, but maybe. Madison's making a face. Um, so we'll move on from live. I'm tired of talking about live. Let's get into Big Tony, Big win Tony. number three. Yeah, he, he, he he tried to lose. Let's be honest. Oh my god, he tried to sell the bag, as the kids say, right, Meg? Uh, yep, it's what all of the kids are saying. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost sold the bag. So he goes off the backboard, as he says, or he called bank on 17 off the grandstand ball, almost rolls back into the water. Uh, and then he actually hits it in the water on 18. Uh, Tony Finau, highest ranked player in the field. Um, Scott Piercy is leading by five at one point. Uh, Tony Finau's in second and Scott Piercy blows up. Tony Fino makes four birdies in a row. And now Big Tony's got a four-shot lead. Um, it's like nothing to worry about, you'd think. But yeah. it just seems like he still he still can't close coming. I mean, he closed because he won, but it, he didn't close the right way for number 17 in the world. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that's a caddy issue? Like if you're no. if you're big, if you know, if you're Tony Finau's caddy, no on 18. With a four shot lead, and your player goes, Hey, I'm gonna pull driver here. Do you, you wouldn't be like, No, you wouldn't be like, Hey, man, we've got that that three wood that you've been hitting really well all day long. I disagree. Did he hit it well all day long? Did you watch? He did. He did. I mean, when you think Tony Finau and best club in the bag, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was his driving iron, but we found out that that was not the right club for him today. Um, I mean, See, I think I, I think I his three driver. wood was. When you think Tony Fina, you think about how far he hits it down the but, fairway. But like, you don't need to hit it that far with a four shot lead. No, I, 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 I'm saying I agree, but I'm saying like put yourself in his shoes. All right, you're Madison Hill, yeah, stay open trying to qualify. You're you're playing. I I don't even know, of course, but you're standing on 18, right? I mean he. You got to put one in the fairway. I, I think you're just going to go with your whatever club you trust the most. And I think for Tony, that's that's a driver. I don't know. It's, he can get really kind of loose with the driver. No, he can. But, I mean, I feel like he didn't today. Like, he was hitting it okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, you get a little, pre- little bit of pressure on 18. He puts it in the water. But it, I don't think it's necessarily about, like, what club do you think you hit the best? I think it's like, where do you take out any type of risk? And with water, right. I mean, 
why would you why would you even hit it down far enough to to kind of bring that into play? Like you can play up the left with your three wood and still get in the green. And like let's say you get bogey on the hole. Like I mean, even if you're a club shorter than you want to be, if if that's what you're thinking, but you go in and you hit hit one into the water on 18, then you're already behind the eight ball at that point. You're dropping three in the fairway, and let's say you hit another loose one or you find yourself in the rough, then you're bringing double into play. Yeah, and you still win by two. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing this in my head right now, and I want to get you all's feedback. With a four-shot lead standing on a par five, would you rather hook it into the trees or hit one 300 into the water and then take a drop? I mean, I guess it depends on how, how thick the trees are. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember exactly – but they, I, they weren't that thick on that hole. I'll tell you that. Um, that thick? No, um, but I mean, the rough was a little, the rough was pretty thick though. And the balls were sitting down. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. I think I if might... you, it, but then now that you say that, if you go left up into the trees, if you are blacked out, then you're trying to draw one around them. And then of course, if you hit that straight, then that's in the water. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So like I was just thinking about it now. Like I think trees left has the potential of bringing in a higher number than hitting one water right. As long as your ball doesn't like, as long as it crosses a point up in the fairway or something, like you're fine. Now, if you block it way right and never crosses any grass and you're reteeing, that's a whole different story. But I think he actually blocking it out right, knowing that you can make bogey and still win. You know, with his length, like, he blocked it out right, laid up, still had a wedge in hand to make a par. I don't know. I, now that I'm thinking about it, he actually might have might have uh, made the high percentage play. Either way, it was a bad look for Tony. Yes, it he was. won, but he didn't close the right way. No. But like, if a John Rahm, Cam Smith, Rory had that four-shot lead, like, they're going to put it on grass. Right. They're going to lay up. They're going to two putt, make their par, and and then you know everything gravy. Yeah, I don't know. I think, it, but like I said, my point was, don't you think that the caddy at some point can be like, hey man, let's go with the safe bet here. Like I know you want to hit driver, but wh- why don't we just find the fairway? Whatever we can hit to find the fairway. Mm-hmm. And maybe in in his caddy's mind and in his mind, the the driver is the way to go, but. I mean, even the announcers are like, why in the world would you pull driver here? Um, so, but it doesn't matter because he still won. He won. So, congratulations, Tony. It's always great uh, when Tony wins. It feels like, you know, I feel like everyone's a fan of Tony Fee now. So, when he he wins, it feels like you also win. Um, I feel like he's and, just always there. He it's It's like he always gets his heart broken on the final round. Like, he's always there. He's always like, in, in contention to win and then something happens. He either fades or someone just comes out of nowhere and he gets that runner up or, you know, top yeah. five finish. And that's what it feels like for him almost like week in and week out. I think he's got like 50 top tens in yeah. his career and he's got 10 second place finishes and three wins. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Um, but I mean, I, I really like the guy. He, he stands out on the golf course, which is always nice. He's a, a Nike guy. I love Nike. Where's the Jordans? Huge fan of that. I wear Jordans myself. I'm kind of a, a sneakerhead. I don't know if you two are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like I said, when he wins, it feels like you also win. Uh, great guy, great family. Uh, wears green on Sunday for his mother. Um, so, yeah. No other thoughts on, on the 3M? No, like I said, just kind of a tournament that – it seems to almost be forgotten a little bit um, mm-hmm. coming right after the open, but um, it, you know, like I said, good to see uh, Tony Fino win. the course looked great. Um, I think it always does for, for being an old sod farm, but um, yeah, I mean, shout out to big town getting one uh, done today. I guess one more thing we can talk about is Scott Piercy's foot. So weird, man. It's crazy. Like Tiger wears foot joys. I think it's the same shoe. No, no. Um, uh, actually, you could be right. But they're like very, Scott, they're very sim- similar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Scott Piercy puts on a pair of foot joys, he gets blisters. Yeah. Puts on a foot, uh, a pair of foot joys, you know, he makes a cut of the Masters. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's it crazy. Was, it was weird to see um, he would like tap in a putt and then take his shoe off and then mm-hmm. walk to the next tee with his shoe in his hand. Yeah. Like it, it was just kind of like I remember flipping on coverage and that was the first thing I saw and I was like, what is going on here? Um, and then, you know, as they continue to talk, they, they're, you know, filling everybody in that he's got this blister on or on his foot, or on his heel or something. And it's pretty painful to, to walk. So, I mean, to, to still hold the lead after all that was going on yesterday, I thought this was kind of his tournament. Um, and today, after he's gotten some medical treatment, foot's wrapped, apparently not hurting him at all, he goes out and blows up. So, yeah, kind of a strange the, turn of events. Maybe he should have just left the blister. The pressure of leading on a Sunday on the PGA Tour. I guess we can talk about the, the, the senior British Open and – you know, the bad weather they had. The only thing I have to say about that is the com- the commentators are just absolutely roasting the the setup. So they got a bunch of rain today. They ended up having a two-hour delay. But there was a pin. I can't remember what hole it was. In the front nine, there was a flag where they put the pin at a very, like, a, at a low point. And if, you're, if you know you're getting a bunch of rain, like, why would you put the pin in a low point? So they had you know, ground crew members out there with the squeegees and they had to squeegee the hole like pretty much any time someone was getting ready to puck because it was just collecting so much water. And like the green, you could see it was like, collecting a bunch of water and they didn't want to blow the horn. Uh, so they continued to play, but it was just very interesting um, to see that. Did you all see that at all? I didn't see it. I saw a clip of Darren Clark hitting a, a ball on it may have been on 18. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, and you, the camera, you couldn't even see him on the camera and he hits the shot and he goes, I have no idea where that went. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause the weather was so bad, raining so hard fog and everything in there, but I didn't see that, but that just seems like a poor, poor planning. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Darren Clark picks up his second open championship. He won the open in 2011 and now he, uh, wins the senior open in, in 2022 so congratulations to him so that wraps it up for the tours uh this week um meg i heard you you played some golf recently yes i did play um i played this past week wednesday thursday at williamsburg national um it was so hot oh my gosh it was like so humid down there the weather was not good at all, but um, I like Williamsburg National, except for the back nine. The back nine kind of – it's just a long par fours back to back to back, so that's a little draining. But other than that, course was in pretty good shape. Um, didn't play too well, but hadn't played in a tournament like that a two-day in a, kind of a while, so it was nice to get out there. But, um, yeah. Just trying to get better from that. Um, learned a bit. The putting is not where it needs to be. I'm feeling a little bit like Sterling right now. Like whoa, it's whoa, whoa, just, whoa. it's Let's just a down. little shaky. Let's um, settle down. I won the last. I'm relating to you. I'm relating to you. Um, just second guessing the lines, and I could not drain a putt inside like six feet at all. Mm. At all, it was messy. But um, I was getting the long putts close. I don't know why I'm so comfortable with long putts right now, but I'm loving it. Um, pretty good, pretty good around the greens. Good drives. Just gotta figure out that swing plane with my irons and get back on track with the putting, and I'll be good to go. But yes, yeah. yeah, Madison's got a um a history at Williamsburg National and his putter. Uh, he claims that the greens are rolling so fast that they basically had lost the golf course. Uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> they had lost it. No, I mean, it was just, it was, once again, super hot that day. Um, they were already roll. I mean, everything was really kind of firm. They were already rolling pretty quick. And then by the time I got to the back nine, I mean, I don't know. Either I had lost, I had lost all touch after that, or they were just ramping up, so... Yeah, yeah the greens were pretty fast, at least faster than I'm used to. Um, 
and you'd think the fairways roll out of a lot because they're dry, but I think they were they were kind of wet, so the ball wasn't really rolling too much. I didn't get much rollout on a lot of the shots, so just kind of had to roll with it, I guess. And nice, good pun. So yeah, so couldn't I, make any green in regulation, but that's neither here nor there. So I'll ask you this question. Um, in the area or maybe even outside the area, what's what's your favorite course to play or favorite course you've ever played? Um, I like Orchard Creek out in um, Crozet, Waynesboro area. It's really nice. It's really long and it's a very hard walk, but the views are worth it. Um, and I like... I like Williamsburg National, except for the back. That one's pretty solid. Um, and then I used to hate Kiln Creek down in Newport News because I shot like a 101 there at one point. But I like all the flat courses down there where I don't have to do too much uphill because I got to walk all my tournaments. So um, You don't get, don't get a golf cart? Interesting how that that concept. No, I actually right don't early. get a golf cart. Actually. Well, that's, you know that's just junior golf, right, Madison? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, they're walking, you're riding. So, oh, I'm an old man. You should know. understand that. I got bad knees. Yeah, yeah. Actually, so I told you I played on Tuesday. Um, you were supposed to come up to uh, to Lynchburg area to play with me, but you got busy i guess yeah you know it's a busy busy time for golf i had some lessons i had booked so uh just like you didn't caddy for me in the state open because you had phone calls i um didn't didn't get a chance to play with you because i had lessons yeah so let's go back to that real quick um i don't know if we talked about this in the last podcast or not but because um everyone was riding in carts there really wasn't like a caddy position you were basically a four caddy you just kind of stood in the fairway maybe looked for the ball could maybe help with the line so it really wasn't kind what of you, what do you mean could maybe help with the line on you know on your putting yeah you could have definitely helped well but just you know. let's go back to wednesday before and uh i was like hey yeah uh, I, I took off and everything and you're like oh i don't need a caddy i think i'm just gonna go it alone i was like okay cool so well my whole thing was we have a great relationship would you agree yeah now, in golf, one of the main reasons I play golf is it's just you, right? You can't really blame anyone else. And I know if, if maybe there was a couple of putts where we didn't see eye to eye and I'm hearing you say, like, right edge while I'm thinking left edge, and then I go right edge, and that thing, like, starts to, to break to the right, and I just completely miss the whole line. I'm a very competitive person. I know for a like I know for sure I would have gotten upset with you and that's just one thing I didn't want to happen. I mean, but that's got to, that happens probably week in and week out on the tour, but they still manage every day. Well, I so. mean, they're getting paid 10% or or more. Yeah, we could have master check on Sunday, we could have won too, so. Um But anyway, so I I was looking in the area. I was going to play Ivy Hill, which I've played before. Um great course, um good layout and everything. And I was looking on Google Maps and found uh, a place called Winton Farms, actually in Amherst, um, just outside of Lynchburg. The website looked really cool. The logo was awesome. I know you and I talked about it. We're big logo guys, but I um, so trying to make a tea time there. You can't do it online. You got to call in. And I kid you not, I tried for an hour. I think I even, I think I even texted you about that. I tried for an hour to call in and get a tea time it was like every single time it just it would ring and then it would tell me that the voicemail box wasn't set up so I went through that finally someone answered I booked a tea time and went out there so if I could give them one sort of critique it would be that either need online tea times or someone to answer the phone but I get out there um, it's nothing like I'm expecting there's this really old dilapidated barn there which I'm assuming was the logo I saw online but this was, I guess, what do they have? It was like Instagram versus reality. This was the reality you got, version of it. You got catfish. I got catfish. I also got a, can we back up for a second? What was yeah. that word you just used about the barn? Dilapidated. Like run a, down. Run I need down. a Webster. I need a Webster dictionary like for that. Run down, not in great condition. Okay. All right. 
All right. So Let me hear it one more time. Dilapidated. Can you slow it down for me? I'm not going to say it slow. Please. <laughs> just, listen, <laughs> just look it up to... after the call. Okay. Dilapidated. Okay. Um, I'll probably have English majors be like, actually. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm like, where am I? This is not what I thought. I was looking. I was like, is there another Winton Farms? Like, this doesn't look right. So um, I get out there, um, walk into the clubhouse, very, very old, not like, not really any, any new um, upgrades or anything. Talk to the lady there. Super, super nice. Um, she gets me out. Once again, um, I, I didn't know where the first tee was. So I drove around in the golf cart for, I don't know, five, maybe 10 minutes longer than I Wow. would care to admit um, looking for the first tee, but found it. Um, the tee boxes in the fairways were in decent shape. Um, there were some, some tee boxes that were in, in less than great shape, but once again, same thing at Blue Hills golf club, the greens are so pure. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about going out just a little West, but the greens were so pure. And here's the, the thing that really kind of blows my mind, right? just an absolute public course um i believe i didn't see anything about membership public course the greens fees are next to nothing you see some of those places in in our area and meg you can probably attest this as well there are so many ball marks on the green that people don't fix and you just get out there especially if there's been a tournament the day before and you're like oh my god what happened out here but there nothing so either everyone's fixing their ball marks or everything. I mean, it just doesn't get played. I don't know what it was, but it was in great shape. The greens were rolling so pure. They looked great. Um, almost had like a little bit of a spongy feel to them. Mm-hmm. But course layout was kind of back and forth. Nothing nothing too special. Um, some views, but, but not too much. But I played 18 in, I want to say, two and a half hours. Is so... I, I rode, no, I read. Okay. Because I remember last, last I was episode. racing the sun. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Last episode, you know, you're like, yeah, I definitely prefer to walk, get the body loose. What'd you shoot? Uh 81. Okay. All right. Yeah, 81. Um, and that was going with the left hand low. I was trying to give that like a real strong effort. I just could not get the speed right with that. Like I felt like on some of them I was absolutely hearing, hammering the ball. And it was still like coming up a foot or two short. Is that something you found with that or no? No, not really. Okay. Well, that's what it looked like at the state open, but um <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wait, um, I do left hand low. I don't remember when I was introduced to that. Um, but it might have been like, did you find it was hard to kind of get the speed right at first? Yeah, I think so. Um it was a while ago, but I've never gone back to anything else. So yeah. I like it. It's comfortable for me. But um, Yeah, so that's going to be the first big change. I'm going to really start doing some some solid practicing with that because um, I've never had like a, a grip that I've gone back to like week over week. I change it, you know, just kind of standard, sometimes different, different styles. I try to claw for a little bit, um, but left-hand low I think I liked I liked the way the ball came off the face um that way I felt like just kind of the movement of my body was a lot better um but I just got to figure out the speeds a little bit more but um yeah course was um like I said in really really decent shape for the price um there I don't know if they have a signature hole they had one that was a it's a 90 degree angle that was hole 17 it goes out like 150 and then 90 degree angle 150 so maybe that's their their signature hole but um as i was leaving i was trying to get some more information on it because when you look at the website it kind of paints a different picture than what you actually get there and found out that um it was just purchased in 2019 and they're trying to do some renovations to the entire property that barn what was it sterling what was the word uh, I'm not sure. I'm still picking up the pieces of my heart from that absolute shot you took at me. <laughs> All right. 
so that dilapidated barn, they're actually um, redoing that. They're going to turn it into like a brewery that they're going to have on site. Um, they're putting like, a, they have an Airbnb over the pool area. And then I think they have an older house that they're going to be doing weddings. So um, a lot of big plans for it. So I'd definitely like to play it again in like the next couple of years after they've, they've kind of seen some of these improvements, but the people in the area couldn't be nicer. Um, so if you're in Lynchburg area, um, Amherst is like 20 or 30 minutes outside of it. Um, but check out Winton farms. Definitely, uh, definitely a good time, good price and, um, definitely worth it. And Sterling goes silent. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough taking shots on this podcast. Oh, um, that's just, it was, a, that's just, that's just say? payback. That's just payback just, for, just, uh, your comment last week. You know, set on fire. I didn't charity. Um, yeah, it was just out of left field, out of pocket. It was out of pocket. Uh, wasn't, necess- wasn't necessary. You know, the kids are saying that too, apparently, these days. Um, no. <laughs> are the kids not saying out of pocket? <laughs> apparently, they're just, they're just saying there he's in his flop, flop something. I can't remember flop what it was. Era. Flop era. Flop era, whatever that means. <laughs> um, yeah. But I believe that's a wrap for episode eight. All right, well, Meg, uh, thank you for joining us again on your second episode. Uh, we wish you the best of luck with your upcoming golf season. Um, Madison, we also wish you the best of luck with your uh, next 11 months preparing for golf and this hot weather and then eventually this cold weather in Virginia. Um, again, always check us out on all the socials at 2-in-1-golf or 2-in-1-golf podcast. Till next time.